Welcome to the Writers of the Future panel. My name is John Goodwin. I'm the president of Galaxy Press, and I'll be the moderator. And to get started, I'll just start uh, by introducing Emily, and then each person in respect will introduce themselves, and then I'll do a basic overview, then we'll get right into the panel. So I'm Emily Goodwin. I'm the VP for Public Affairs for Author Services and um, Galaxy Press, and that includes the Writers of the Future. I'm Todd McCaffrey. I'm known among a lot of people for writing in the Dragon Riders Pern universe. I've also been working with the Winter Twins. We've become McCaffrey winner, and we're writing a marvelous universe called the Twin Soul series. We've got 10 books out. We're doing a book a month. Wow. Yep. Um, I'm Kevin J. Anderson. I've written 165 books because my wife counted them all. Um, <laughs> because we argued, I said, no, it's only 150. She said, no, it's 165. And She's always right, as always. Um, I've written in the Star Wars universe, X-Files universe. Um, I'm writing all the new Dune novels with Brian Herbert. Um, I've got a humorous zombie detective series. I've written lots of comics. Uh, and I've been a judge in Writers of the Future. Well, we're all judges in yeah. Writers of the Future. Well, no, Brian's a, um, uh, he will be a judge. <laughs> He's a winner. Um, uh, I've been a judge. John, do you even know? 25 years yeah, or something 25 like that? Years, yeah. 25 years as a judge um, because, as we'll talk later on, their, their workshop that the winners get to attend is so awesome. I want to keep being a judge because that way I get to sit in on the workshop and pretend <laughs> like I'm a winner. I'm Jody Lynn Nye, and I've written as third as many books as Kevin, which is still a goodly number. Did Bill count them all for you? <laughs> Uh, no, um, somebody who was doing an interview with me did, and that was cool. Let's see, I write science fiction, fantasy, novels and short stories and other kinds of books, uh, and mostly with a humorous bent. I've also collaborated with some of the finest names in the, in the field, such as Anne McCaffrey and Robert Asprin, and uh, I was proud to be asked to be a judge for the Writers of the Future contest and uh, joined up about two years ago. I'm Brian Lee Durfee. I'm the author of the Five Warrior Angel series published by Simon & Schuster Saga Press. Book one, book two came out a year ago. I just finished book three. I was in Writers of the Future volume number nine Good Yep. God. back wow. when I was a college student. So um, This is 35, by the way, yeah. so you know how long ago that was. And, and I also have written 160 less books than Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> So, as a quick overview for Writers of the Future, it was a contest that was started in 1983 by Elwin Hubbard to provide a means for the aspiring writer and subsequently for the aspiring artist to have a chance for the creative efforts to be seen and acknowledged. It has since become the largest contest of its kind in the world. We have entries from over 175 countries and every um, uh, year it just gets bigger, bigger, bigger. We've got in Salt Lake City Fanex, um, it's a very interesting uh, fact that in Utah, there are, we've had more winners uh, per capita than any other state in uh, the United States. And um, We say there's something in the water here. <laughs> must be something in the water. It probably has something to do with Orson Scott Card and Dave Overton and Brandon Sanderson. But uh, anyway, to give a little bit of an overview also of the, how the contest itself works, Emily's going to brief on that. Okay, so the, the contest is it's free to enter. Anybody can enter. There is no age limit or any requirement. It's a blind judging contest. 
So you send in your story, and it gets viewed by a panel of judges. The name gets removed from the story, and anything that might give away who, the, who wrote the story. So the judge just sees the content. It is on merit alone. And as I said, it's free to enter. Um, and he mentioned we get entries from all over the world. And the year is divided up into four quarters. So each quarter, um, people enter, and the, it gets narrowed down to finalists. And those finalist stories get viewed by all the judges. And you'll hear if you won or not. And at the end of and in each quarter, there's a first, second, and third place winner. At the end of the year, all first, second, third place winners are who get published in the anthology. So there are 12 short stories. And there are cash prizes from $500 to $1,000. And you also Say that again, Emily, so they understand. These are <laughs> cash money. prizes, real. Yeah. It's free to enter, and you will win, if you're a first, second, third place winner, $500, $750, or $1,000. And you get published. And you get published. And, and you maintain all the rights you. to your story. You, yes, you maintain the rights, plus um, you also get paid pro rates for your story once we publish it. Which is not eight cents a word. Yes. And, and this is special. You guys probably don't know it so much because maybe you haven't been looking at things. An illustrator illustrates your story. That's hard to get for anybody. Right. That they, there's an interior illustration, there's a color, color illustration. In color. In color. There's also, right in the front of your story, there'll be the black and white version of that. So it's really, it's, it's an awesome, awesome thing. It's, it's sort of the super sauce on top of the awesome sauce. And at the end of the year, there is a grand prize winner who will get an additional check for 5000 so, $5,000. <laughs> so you potentially have earned $6,000 for a short story. So Not to mention the seminar. Yeah. That's right. But wait, there's more. But, but wait, wait, there is more. more. Yes. Um, all 12 winners get flown out to Hollywood for a week-long workshop with the judges. It's like a week-long boot camp. And at the end of the week, there's a big awards ceremony where the grand prize winners announce all the winners go on stage and they get their trophies and um, acknowledgement. And, but I think a lot of people... And also you get to meet your artist. There's a big art reveal that happens. So really, there's um, everything to gain and nothing to lose because it's free to enter, and you can get all of that. It sounds good to be too good to be true, but if it if it was too good to be true, it wouldn't be going for 35 years. So that is the real deal. And the other thing to mention here is the illustrators get a week long illustrators workshop with famous people like Larry Elmore. Hang on, let me go. Bob Eggleton. The, yeah. Uh, Echo Chernick. Echo and Lazarus Chernick. Cirillo. Vincent DeFay, I mean, it's just an insane, Bob Eggleton, uh, it's an insane list of, Rob Pryor, insane list of very talented artists. Um, and when you're done all of that, instead of being lost to oblivion, the writers of the future... Uh, will never leave you alone. Well, this is true too, but, but way more importantly, they'll build you a media kit. They'll show you how to market you, they'll set you up with interviews and things, and this is, this is huge. As a writer, it's the best... It's the best calling card you can get to moving on into the industry because we, I mean, we're judges, or at least I'm a judge because as a writer, I started off as a reader and I need more stuff to read. I have honest, selfish interest in getting this thing to work and having people write and contribute because uh, I want more good writers. It also creates a sort of uh, almost a tribe of people who have been where you are. Your graduating class, the people who were in 
Writers of the Future 35, form a group that they, they each know somebody else who is in their same situation, who has been to the seminar, and they can keep in touch with one another and say, oh, well, I had this great interview with this person. Oh, well, I didn't know what to do with, with this uh, interview, and it didn't come out the way that I hoped it would. Oh, well, I'll do this next time. You should try this. I came up with this idea. They can bounce ideas off one another. They have a peer group forever. It's, it's like being in the army because you have been through the wars together and now you have sh stories to share that only you will understand. Um, I, I don't think we, we pointed this out, or, or unless I missed it from Emily. This is only open to new writers, so you're not competing against us. us. You're, you're only competing against other writers who are at your stage of, or new stage of writing, which means that it's a level playing field because we were, in fact, just before this panel, I'm editing an anthology right now with, with a group of students, and we were talking about, you know, if a big name like David Gerald submits a story, you pay attention to that one more than an unknown. In this case, you're on a level playing field. You don't have to compete against big name people who are gonna uh, bump ahead of you in the line. This is all, uh, your names are removed from the manuscripts when the judges see them. This is all strictly based on, on merit, and if you're a, a decent writer, then you, you'll float to the top. So this is my perspective from someone who's not a judge, but had just been a participant in the, in the show. So I was just a junior high school student or in the 80s. I don't know when the first volume came out, but I remember being in Sevier County, Utah at the grocery store in the little rack there. I saw this book called Writers of the Futures, Volume 1, and that's where I was first introduced to the whole thing. And I was just a kid at the time. And Sevier County, Utah is the most, one of the most remote places on, in the United States, if you know where I'm talking about. And it reached that. Wow. And it That's reached impressive. me, yeah. and it reached me, and I bought a copy, and I thought, this is, as a, as a kid, I want, always wanted to be a writer as a young kid, and this is like, this is my way in. Um, now, the thing was, is I was a horrible writer, but I was a really good artist at the time, and uh, I don't know when they started doing the, I know the five first, years later. it was five years later, yeah. because I knew the first few volumes, it was just a writing competition, and then, yeah, we hired, well, we hired, uh, professional like Dave Dorman, the, mm -hmm. the, the uh, one that does all the Star Wars artwork, he was one of the commissioned artists back then. Yeah. Yeah. So then I noticed about a few volumes into it, they had the they they introduced an illustration competition. I was like, well, my writing is really bad right now because I'm just a kid, and but I'm a pretty decent. I mean, I ended up going to college with an art scholarship and all that. So I was pretty decent at art, doing art. So I submitted, um, I think my freshman year of college, or sophomore year of college, I submitted to the illustration portion of the competition and won that and got invited to the um, show, which was cool because as a freshman college student, having someone fly you to Hollywood and put you up in a hotel and, and give you all these cool things. That was awesome. I mean, it was just great. And, and, I, and wasn't the artist um, group under the aegis of Kelly Fries at the yeah, time? Yeah, Frank Kelly yeah. Fries. Yeah. yeah. And I got to meet um, like uh, Algis Budris. Yeah, and he, and he was running a magazine at the time and he's commissioned a bunch of stuff from me. So it really got my foot in the door. So when I did start to get good at writing, I already had a foot in the door because of my illustration, which um, was a leg up. It really was. That's awesome. 
So now we're going we're to use this now and move over into the topic of the uh, uh, panel that we promised, is how to write short stories. So we're going to do, for the next 20 minutes, we're going to go over the, some of the points of how to write short stories, story prompts, and then we're going to open the floor up for questions you have to any of the different judges about uh, yourself as a writer and next steps and whatnot. So um, let's just start it off here. Um, uh, Kevin says you had 25 entries here in the Writers of the Fuse before you proed out as, and became like 156 <laughs> books later. Well, I mean, I'd, my story is kind of a lot like, like Brian's, that I, was, I knew about the contest when it first launched, and this, was, this created a lot of big ripples among the aspiring writer community. And I had already formed kind of a group of other writer friends, and we were all trying to help each other figure out how to get published. And then this contest showed up, and wow, the, the, I mean, the contest was great, but the, the workshop was the thing that everybody wanted to go to, that you got to spend a week being intensively trained by professional authors that we all um, looked up to. I mean, at the, the first few years, it was um, Orson Scott Card and Robert Silverberg and, and who McCaffrey. all? And McCaffrey. Who were some of the, like, the first the, yeah. instructors? Well, Roger Zelazny was. was there. The woman whose name I can never remember. Um, Jack Williamson was... He Jack was, well, Williamson yeah. was there too, yeah. But, but so this was, I wanted to go to this workshop, and here's the thing. It's a quarterly contest. You, you can submit every quarter. So as writers, we made darn sure that we had a new story every quarter to send in. And I, I did a fantasy one, one quarter, and a science fiction one quarter, and a horror the next quarter. But I, I don't think I missed submitting a quarter for, um, I submitted 25 times to the Writers of the Future contest. And I got um, like uh, honorable mentions and finalists, but I never made it into that uh, top three where you get to go to the, the workshop. Uh, and then I got disqualified because I published a professional book, so then I wasn't an amateur author anymore because I, I sold a novel to a major publisher. Darn. Um, <laughs> but I was kind of like always the bridesmaid, never the bride. I got there and they took pity on me and had me come back as a guest instructor and, and stuff. But um, <laughs> that's, that was another thing for as a new writer. It is, a, it is a goal for you to make sure you have a new story every quarter to submit it. It's free, and you might win a whole bunch of money and a free trip to Hollywood and a great workshop. So write a story. Yeah, it also improves your craft. The more short stories you write, the better you get at it, the more you learn that muscle memory, as it were, uh, of being able to put a short story together. Another thing that Kevin said that I really want to point out, um, if you get an honorable mention, and I've had this from the, the head of the, the whole thing already, Honorable mention means keep doing it, you're almost there. So if you ever submit and you get an honorable mention, it means keep on going, you're getting close. It's not a consolation prize. I had somebody kind of roll his eyes and said, yeah, I, I submit to that thing and I just keep getting those booby prizes of the honorable mentions. And I went, no, that means you're like number 10 out of 20,000 entries or whatever the numbers are, but it, it's significant. You need to keep submitting because this is what you will do in your professional career anyhow. So you might as well submit to a contest that is going to seriously look at your work. We as judges are going to read these entries all the way through. And apart from being, say, in a writer's workshop, 
we're the only ones who are ever going to read your work all the way through. Professional editors, if they don't <laughs> like something, are going to stop reading and send it back. But the fact that you may make it to honorable mention or finalist status is, is a great thing. It means that they have looked over your work. They have all of these great impressions of you, and you can keep moving ahead. What, they, what nobody mentioned yet is that, yes, the 12 winners are in here, but occasionally when there's room, some of the finalists yeah, or honorable yeah. mentions are asked to publish as well. So even if you're not one of the winners, you may get into the book. And if you're a published finalist, you also will be flown out to Hollywood and get to attend the workshop. That's right. If you're in the book, you're in Hollywood. Also, if you um, do artwork at all, I would s submit all the time because I think that, I don't know if I write on this, but I would imagine the illustrator pool is smaller than the writing pool and you might yeah. have a better chance of getting in the book as an illustrator and, once, and you can still... You can get in the book as both, I'm assuming, right? Yeah. You can yeah. win, you can oh, be yeah. an illustrator and a story. And we've had three winners we, of them we've both. We've had that, yeah. yeah. But so. also, um, the illustrators skew younger than the writers. So if you're a good artist, we had, we had what, is she 17 years old? She was 15 when she entered. She was and 15 when, when, when she, she came entered. out to LA, she was 16. That's right. So we've, we've had teenagers win the illustrator, or become winners. Yeah, in not the for writers, but for contest. illustrators. The, um, the main thing on, on the writing contest is, you know, writers write. And you have to keep on writing and writing and writing to be able to, to make it. And that's, uh, we had one winner this year, Wolf Moon, which I was speaking with one of our guests here, uh, entered 47 times. And we had another person that had been entering for, um, he's entered, I think it was 27 times, but he had been entering since um, 1987. Wow. So, uh, and he had given up, and he's the one that, if you listen to the Rise of the Future podcast, he's the Topanga Canyon story uh, with Dean Wesley Smith. That's a really good story. But anyway, so now getting back to writing short fiction, one of the things that sometimes comes up with the writing prompts, how to come up with uh, story ideas on, on what to write, because it's easy to see how someone else might get it, or if you have, yeah, well, you're a professional, you know how to do it. So is somebody willing to address that point about story well, ideas? and? I I was going to actually point out, because this, this is something that they do in the workshop that I had never heard of before, and I thought it was really cool. Um, Algis Budras, who used to be running it, and I, I don't know who came up with it for the workshop or if it was from a, of a Hubbard writing article or something, but everybody in the workshop, they have to write a short story in a day. That's one of their assignments. But leading up to that, they get taught how to come up with a story idea, how to like interview people, how to research it. Um, but one of the things that they do is Al just would have like this random grab bag of objects and he would go to each student, he would give somebody, here is, here is a deflated birthday balloon, figure out how to write a story about that. Here is a broken Hot Wheels car, write a story about that. Uh, my co-author Doug Beeson, was, who was a, a winner in this, he was given a door hinge, a hinge of a door write a story that has something to do with the door hinge, and that's called a story prompt. And so what you have is, what am I gonna do with this door hinge? And I gotta come up with a story. It turned out he wrote uh, a hard science fiction story on a space station where an airlock got, got jammed and they couldn't get the supplies in, and it was like a big rescue mission on how to, and it was all because somebody gave him a door hinge to come up with a story for. And that's a great, exercise as a writer to imagine your your creativity but it's also great 
if you become a professional writer, one of the things that, that we've all done is we get invited into anthologies with rather quirky themes. Write a story about a purple unicorn. Write a story about um, a ghost on a space station. Write a story about, um, I'm just, I mean, I've had all of these crazy. Um, Write a story about revenge. Write a story about uh, the ghost of someone you know. Uh, and and the, the list goes on, but I find those to be incredibly inspiring. And AJ was incredibly onto something when he said, let me give you an object that you aren't thinking of that, that is a surprise to you, and it will stir something in your imagination. Now, your first idea may not work out, and you have to learn how to distinguish those ideas, but that's also what the workshop is there for, is to say, what speaks to you about this? Can you form a story about that? Can you create characters? Can you create a, a, a setting that this would work in? And go forward from there. Also, it is going to become famous because I'm going to keep on plugging it this way. You have to follow, or you have to be willing to follow McCaffrey's first law, which is allow yourself to be bad. There's a lot of people who have half-finished stories out there because they decided it wasn't good enough. It's always going to be bad. First time out, you can rewrite something that you finished. You can't rewrite something that's halfway done. Uh, so allow yourself to be bad. Uh, there's a lot of times when you get stuck thinking about a story idea and where it's going to go next, and you say, well, I know a bad way to do it. Try the bad way. It may, it may actually turn out to be the best way to go. Uh, so don't be afraid about making mistakes. It's one of the marvelous things about this competition. If you don't win the first quarter, you could submit again the second quarter. Nobody's stopping you. Here's some so, encouragement from Octavia Butler. That's, mm -hmm. you don't By the start, way, Octavia Butler was a judge for a, a right. short period of time. Yeah. yeah. She's you awesome. don't start out writing good stuff, you start out writing crap and thinking it's good stuff. And then gradually you get better at it. That's why I say one of the most valuable traits is persistence. Mm -hmm. It's just so easy to give up. Yep. And that's why writing is kind of cool, unlike other professions, because you don't get this advice like for brain surgeons. Just, just be bad <laughs> as you're doing it the first time. <laughs> What's one it's more okay, you'll get better next time. <laughs> yeah, he'll, he'll have more that senator. twitch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and one of, one of the other things is, again, this is an intensive boot camp workshop, and the students, I forget which day, it's toward the very end of it, is now that they've been learning their technique, doing their research, coming up with their idea, then they just get turned loose to write a short story in a day. And a lot of us judges will kind of sit around like in the, in the hotel bar and hold court and have advice with the other students. And uh, genius short story writer Mike Resnick was, is also one of the judges. And Mike Resnick and I were sitting around in the bar and a lot of the, the winners were, were basically listening to us dispense advice from on high. And, and all these students were just, they were shaking and their eyes were wide and like, oh wow, I wrote a story in a day. I can't believe I wrote a story in a day. I did a story in a day and they're just all congratulating each other and I'm kind of kicking back and I looked at Mike and I said, I always write a story in a day. Mike, how long does it take you to write a story? He says, a day. <laughs> <laughs> he said, if I take longer than a day to write a story, it's not worth it because I only get paid 300 bucks for it. So um, that was, it was kind of mean to watch their egos deflate as we told them that we always write a short story in a can day. I, but, can I ask but, a question about this? Um, when you say write a story in a day, yeah. how much time are we talking about and how long of a story? 
5,000 words. Uh, I wrote a, an 8,000 short story in a day and then uh, read it at a reading event in the evening. Okay. So, and, you know, and I, I usually, in, in normal life, I'll write a story in a day and then I will take another day to edit it. Everybody's but, process is different. Your process is right as long as you get something finished. But keep in mind that a deadline focuses your mind amazingly and it's a challenge. This whole point is to challenge these, these students, these young people, to go ahead and do that. And the fact that Mike and Kevin were teasing them just, uh, just shows, yeah, you, you are at the top of the people who submitted to the contest. Now, step into the world of the big kids because we're welcoming you. And that is another huge thing about having this seminar is you have all of these, these people who are going to become your peers. And we're demystifying that a bit. Yeah. We should have secret handshakes and, and <laughs> mysterious ways to address us. You know, everybody has a really elaborate title, but we don't. We're going to sit around in the bar or go out to lunch with you and, and chat with you because you are joining our ranks. You are coming forward to do the thing that we do for a living. And we want to encourage you to keep going because, as the others have said, we need things to read, too. Well, and I think the, the important thing about the, the story I was telling is it did show all these students that, yes, they could write a story in a day. They don't always have to write a story in a day from that point on, but now they know they can do it. Mm -hmm. Before that, it would never have it occurred to them that they could write a 5,000-word short story in a day, and then they did it. So now they know they can do it if they have to, and that's, that's a good hurdle to go over. Now I have a question. How many of you are yourselves um, have entered Writers of the Future? Just raise your hand. Oh, good. Okay, Yay. good. And how many of you are have aspiring you short story writers? Yeah. Good. How many of you are aspiring novelists? And okay. you haven't and you haven't submitted why? Well, they're just learning. That's they're just wondering. They're just they're checking us they out. Twenty four hours. <laughs> so. Um, I'd like some from the, from the panelists here just on short fiction versus novels, um, just the difference between them. So, so we can look at the, uh, for the audience here, the difference between writing short fiction and, and long fiction. They're two different animals. A short story contains one question that needs to be answered that has one arc of energy that you do need to complete at the end, generally has fewer, far fewer characters than a novel. And not everybody who writes short stories is capable of writing novels and vice versa. Some people begin a short story, uh, Terry Pratchett, Neil Gaiman come to mind, and by the time that they get going, they realize that they've created the outline for a really good novel that they're going to finish. Other people are natural short story writers. You can be both, you don't have to be, it's okay. Yeah, okay, so this is where I kind of don't really fit in right. on this panel is, I have never in my life written a short story but I've written three. Look at the size of that. I've thing. written three three hundred thousand word novels, and so um, short stories frighten me to death. <laughs> but that doesn't mean you can't write a novel. <laughs> Try to submit this to writers of the future; they're probably going to reject it, right? So it's a, it's a pretty given. <laughs> yeah, but Pat Rothfuss. Yeah. Yeah. So, is so so Pat Rothfuss wrote The Name of the Wind a long time back. Actually, this should be your story. Uh, and couldn't sell it. And he 
heard about Writers of the Future, and he carved a chapter out and turned it into a short story and submitted it. One came to Writers of the Future, and Kevin Anderson asked... Um, he was actually sitting in the bar with me. What Jody was saying, that we, we actually hang around and just talk with the winners, not, not like instructor-student things. We're just hanging around. And I was reading a graphic novel, and Patrick Rothfuss came up to me and said, is that an Alan Moore graphic novel? I love Alan Moore. So we just talked about Alan Moore, and he was uh, talking about this fantasy novel he had written. And it turned out that I hadn't judged his quarter, so I didn't read his short story. Um, but I liked this kid. He was very interested, sound, interesting, sounded talented. And so on the airplane flight home, I read his short story, which was a piece of The Name of the Wind. And when I got home, I, I, that really impressed me. And when I got home, I contacted, actually it was Joni Labaki, who's the contest administrator. I said, can you give me Pat Rothfuss's phone number? And they gave me the phone number. Uh, they don't give out phone numbers that easily, but, but so Unless you I called. Very persuasive. It was, this was funny. So I called Patrick Rothfuss out of the blue. I said, hi, Patrick, this is Kevin Anderson. Uh. <laughs> and I, I said, I have, a, I have a question for you. This giant fantasy novel that you've written, um, it's finished, right? He said, yeah. I said, it is finished, right? And so are the other two books? Oh, yeah, the whole trilogy's finished. It's all ready to be published. Well, that turned out not to be true, but, um, <laughs> but he said, oh, yeah, it's finished. They said, good, because I'm going to have you send it to my agent because I really think this short story is good. And so he sent it to the agent, and, and, and it went The rest on. is so, history. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he still hasn't finished the third book. But. <laughs> so it's Kevin's fault. Yes. So just as a point, if you're a novelist, there may be a chance to take a chapter uh, and turn it into a short story, or write about one of your side characters as a short story, and that might work. In but fact, don't send a short, don't send a chapter in no. where it finishes and says, okay, to be continued, very, or it's very obviously just a chapter of a long novel, because that um, will immediately get um, probably torn up, not just discarded, because it's a waste of the time. It has to be the whole story arc. But I, I think there are many examples of Writers of the Future winners who have taken their winning novelette or whatever and expanded it into a novel or something. Because sure. most of the time, um, it, it, it's this not, the winning stories aren't often just like this quick little gimmick short story. They're, they're ambitious and world building. Um, and just to echo what other people have said, being a short story writer and being a novelist are really two different things. And I've published a lot of short stories, but um, I've never really gained that much attention for my short stories. I'm a novelist. My, in my head, I'm a novelist. And that's kind of where uh, the best career path lies for most writers nowadays. Back when the contest started, it was a very viable, you wrote short stories, you sent them to Analog or Asimov's or something, and, and you had a whole career as a short story writer, and then you graduated into doing novels. Uh, that's not necessarily the, the only trajectory anymore. Yeah, and then on, on Writers of the Future, you can actually submit up to 17,000 words. Which is more than a short story. Yeah. Um, the other thing, uh, a certain Anne McCaffrey, you guys might have heard her, uh, started... You mean Jody Lynn Nye's co-author? Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Start, started, nice started, lady. started writing shorts, but she came up with this 
it basically became her, her thing where she would take a short story and she would either write more short stories that were connected with the characters, which is how we got the ship who sang, or she'd take a short story and decide that she could turn it into a novel, which is how we got the Rowan and Damia and so on. Um, or so she would write novellas, uh, which actually almost fits into the actual uh, max length of a Writers of the Future story. Yeah, 17,000, yeah. That's right. Uh, well, and the novella's at 20,000, though, so yeah, close. Mm. Yeah, yeah, okay. novelette. Um, but yeah, I mean, Weir Search started, was the start of Dragonflight, and it was first published in analog as a novelette, I believe. Um, so it can be done, and it's something to consider. Um, short stories are interesting because they have a short runway. Um, as Jody says, you can't, you, know, you can't throw in, you can't do Game of Thrones in a short story. <laughs> Won't happen. You would have the Reader's Digest condensed version of the Game of Thrones. Yeah. Well, it'd be kind of like a bunch of arrows pointing into who got killed when. Um, <laughs> but, but so... I wouldn't, if you say I'm a novelist only, I wouldn't really stress about it because you're a storyteller first and foremost. We're all storytellers. The length is an issue for some people. So I would say give yourself a chance, write, you know, write a nice short story. Also, if you're big in novels and you don't, you know, you're going, well, I can't do this, then the nice thing about a short story is you're, you're not stressing so much. So what we're going to do also is, while we continue talking about this, if anybody has any questions, please line up up here by the microphone so that we can then ask, you can ask the questions of the uh, panelists. We have, a, we have a question. We have two questions. Hey, Soups. Okay, go ahead. Yes. You can start with your name and then the question. Yeah, so my name is Lee, um, and I was just wondering, there's a lot of discussion about how to structure a novel with three-act format and story structure things, and you've talked a little bit about how with the single arc and the single question, how pacing differs a little bit in a short story. I'm just wondering if you have any other kind of short story structure advice, particularly with how to kind of nail the ending and not kind of just leave it as, you know, and then they kept living. Have a purpose for your story. <laughs> know where you're going with it. And don't, don't go off on tangents because you don't have the real estate to do that. Mm -hmm. You need to keep in mind what your story is, what your character's goal is, and go there. Of course, don't forget your twist at the end to say, well, he didn't really want to be a, an Olympic athlete after all, he just wanted to please his father, and so on. But keep that in mind. And also, with you, when you are writing science fiction or fantasy short story, you need to keep your science fiction, I've said this in other panels uh, this weekend and, and other times, you need to have a science fiction or fantasy idea that pervades the story and actually assists in the, the conclusion of the story because otherwise you're writing a story that could be set anywhere. It just has science fiction or fantasy trappings. Well, and I, when I started uh, my first teaching stuff and I was talking to a lot of students about writing and they would tell me about the three-act structure and all this stuff and I got, I don't know what three-act structure is and I, they're, they're telling me and I finally went, oh, you mean a story has a beginning, middle, and an end. Mm -hmm. Okay, um, it's, you think of it that way, but read stories, study them. I mean, you read and read and read, and that's why I really loved doing trilogies, because it's a beginning, a middle, and an end. I liked writing trilogies, but um, Game of Thrones isn't a trilogy. Uh, that doesn't have a three-act structure. That doesn't mean that, other than not being finished, that it's not 
brilliant. <laughs> well, no, I mean, Game of Thrones is it's it's a brilliant book. I mean, in fact, that's why I kind of go on my high horse because George needs to finish it so it can be one of the greatest works of fantasy ever written, because it's got so many stories, so much world building. That is not a three act structure. But for a short story, do not write Game of Thrones. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. You can do Arya Gets a Sword. And that's yes. Your little short yeah, that's it. Yeah, um, Arya Gets a Sword and Kills Somebody. Yeah, I like that. Hi, um, my name is Michael Young. Um, I, and I've, I've entered the Writers of the Future contest for years and years. Uh, okay. And I've gotten, I've gotten several honor, honorable mentions, and I appreciate you saying that about that. that that's encouraging. Um, I just want to know, what would your advice be for, like you said, I, I, it means I'm probably almost there. Yeah. Uh, what what is your advice for I guess honing my craft? You know, I, I am I'm writing constantly. I write all the time. I'm always practicing. I you know I try to come to to conferences Sounds and like learn and say, But what other mm-hmm. things would you suggest doing? Well, one thing I'm going to just say this right now, which pretty much is a standard, is is you have to read a lot too. Yeah. And oh yeah. Reading, yeah. Uh, Rise of the Future is a very different is a very um, specific audience and. Mindset. So the stories that we publish are going to be good for middle school and up. So yeah, yeah. if you find something that, if you're writing something that's considerable variance to what you'll see published in Writers of the Future, you're not going to make it far in Writers of the Future. It's just we have a certain audience we go for. Yeah. Um, so, but reading what they've done to introduce a character, how to start, how to end something, how to transition, um, they've already, maybe they're one step ahead of you on that. But that's sure. one thing to do. And just one comment as well. Um, there are editors, if you put in your pitch letter that you're a finalist or a multiple award fi- finalist with Rise of the Future, that too will take you out of the slush pile. Excellent. Just well, so you know that. Anyway, that. so now <laughs> with that, I'll let the uh, judges say something else. Also, it, it behooves you to read uh, the collections. Absolutely, yeah. Because you're writing to a market now, and that is something you have to keep in mind. What got past the judges? Yeah. What, yeah. what did we like the best? And don't write what you see write what you don't see in there. Oh, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. I like that. Thank you very much. And good luck. It sounds like you're doing everything that you're supposed to. Just keep doing it. Thank you so much. I appreciate the encouragement. Cool. Hi, I'm Daniel. I'm an oral storyteller. That's writing. Yeah. Uh, So I have an ignorance question to ask. How many words is a short story? Up to... What is twelve thousand words in in the uh, nebulous? No, I thought it was. I thought it. See, yeah, we know. I, the last time I saw it, it was like seventy five hundred words. And then after that, okay. your novelette. Okay. But well, but for writers of the future, you're you're seventeen thousand. Seventeen thousand words. That's okay, so you can so actually write loads of real estate. So but, so, but seven thousand words is a pretty. Decent short story. That's, 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 that's a big short story. Five thousand words, three to five is kind read of what. Your no writers, There's no read the guidelines for every magazine you send to, because yeah. that will be the that will be your limit. If it says three to five thousand words, don't send them nine. Right. Se- second question is is besides writers of the future contest, what other publications are accepting new authors for short stories? Well, you've got Asimov's. You've got um, fantasy, fantasy, science, fantasy fiction. science fiction, and you've got analog. Analog Galaxy is hard Edge. science. Who? You've got Lightspeed, which is an online Edge, magazine, and they, they are not constrained by the number of pages they can print because they are doing right. online. So it gives and, you a chance and, to really stretch. Well, there, there are all, what, what's a mark? 
is there a market list? I mean, CIFWA has a markets yeah. listing. Yeah. There's a lot of markets listing. Um, and I, I'm going to give you a, a unique answer because I have unique expertise because I do all of my stuff by dictating. So I'm an oral storyteller too. Uh, Ten minutes of talking is about a thousand words. Not Thank many you. people know that, and I know that. <laughs> um, so if you're like talking at a normal, like, like you would be reading, uh, if you're recording yourself talking for 10 minutes, you probably said about 1,000 words. So a 7,000-word story would be you talking for about an hour and 10 minutes. Thank you. Yeah. And, and also on the uh, previous question, um, a good place to go where a lot of uh, people that are entering the contest is the Writers of the Future Forum. You can find that on writersofthefuture.com. And that's just a whole group of people that have been, that enter the contest, that have won the contest. And there's so many helpful tips there that you can find that people will, you know, help guide you as well. Also, the website sfwa.org has a market listing every month. Great. Um, my name is Mary. My question, you already partly answered as I was walking up here that there's no minimum. Um, what is the likelihood of a microfiction making it in? I think once in one of the early volumes, Gary five Shockley or had a was... really, really short one. Gary Shockley in yeah. volume three was really, really short. Okay. Um, it, That's been it the only one. It has to be good. Okay. Okay. Um, I want to say a quick, a quick thing that we, we are all instructors at the Writers of the Future workshop, but we are also, we all believe in paying it forward. I mean, people helped us when we were coming up, and McCaffrey helped like all of us. Um, and people, Dean Kuntz was one of my mentors. All these people helped us when we were coming out. And so we really love teaching writing and helping other, other people. Um, I know Jody has a bunch of workshops at, at DragonCon. I run the uh, Superstars Writing Seminars, which is a, a business of writing. Um, I just started teaching a grad program at Western Colorado University in publishing. I've got bookmarks if anyone wants that. Um, but we we learn when we teach as well. And so we spend a lot of time, I mean, I really sit in on the Writers of Future workshop every year just because somebody says something that I didn't know before. I learned something really important from Jody yesterday on a panel about productivity, so I'm gonna put that into practice. Um, just, you always gotta keep your eyes open and keep learning and keep upping your game, and uh, we're trying to pay it forward. Hi, I'm Melinda Sherbring. Um, I'm from LA and uh, lead a writer's group. I'm currently publishing books on embroidery, so the science fiction is kind of on the back burner. But uh, there are other people in my group who are doing science fiction and are doing short stories. Where should I send them to get information about this? Writersofthefuture.com. Okay. And there's on the left side of the, uh, of the, of the homepage, it has about the writer contest, about the illustrator contest. There's another thing on how to enter the contest. So you can enter online. There's also a blog, there's a forum, and there's a podcast, which this panel will be on in a couple days on the Rise of Feature podcast. The one we had in, um, in Atlanta, uh, the panel there is already on the podcast. It's Writers of the Future podcast. It's on um, SoundCloud, iTunes, Ford, um, Stitcher. It's on several different uh, platforms. Okay. And tell your people it's the 6th of September. Yeah, they have 24 days to get their first entries in. Some may be ready. Good. Thank you. Great. Hi, my name's Craig Mustel. 
And I've been a literature and writing teacher for 40 years, and I still don't know how to end a short story. You mentioned a twist. Can you help me with that? Well, I... We all die. (laughs) (laughs) That's not going to work. And they were all run over by a spaceship. Um, Where were you going when you started the story? What was the what was the goal that your character needed to achieve? Did they achieve it? Did they fail to achieve it? Both are okay, but you have to have something there. Don't peter off. Well, um, I mean, Rob you... Sawyer, who is also one of our judges, said Americans like happy endings, Canadians like sad endings, and British people like no endings. So obviously, you're writing a British story. <laughs> <laughs> well, there is the story that develops a character only. They still have to have some sort of conclusion, otherwise you're writing a vignette. There's a couple of amazing books out there. John Truby wrote Anatomy of a Story, which has got some interesting points. One is, you know, a story is a sequence of events that happens to some person and we find out why. Uh, The other, always what we see in a, a story that works is there is an internal change and an external change that needs to occur. The character has to realize uh, something about themselves that they didn't know beforehand. A lot of people say the best way to start writing any story is to think about what the ending's going to be like. What are they discovering at the ending? What's their self-revelation? What's their, oh, I can do this. I never tried that trick before. Uh, Luke used the force. Um, you know, stories are stories, so even film is story. Uh, so you can look at film for, for ideas. But definitely, you know, you're... The, whatever motivated their character, your character to start on their journey or whatever they're doing should be resolved by the end. And whatever that character had to learn, uh, what was it? Uh, all she had to do was click her ruby slippers together because she's so good to be home was for, for Dorothy. Um, it, it, this, is, this is what story is. We change. I, I should actually, let me okay, roll that four minutes left till we're done here. Okay, so, I'll yeah. be real quick on yeah. this one. Stories are about transformation. People change. The writers, all of you will change writing your story. You have to be willing to accept the transformation because it can be really hard sometimes. But as long as there's a transformation, you've got a story. Thank you. And read the books, Two Writers of the Future, because you can see how it's done there as well, how stories end. Hi, my name is Malia. Um, This has kind of already been mentioned, but maybe hoping for a little bit more. What are some of the common pitfalls that you have seen uh, in, some of the, in some of the entries that have kept them from an honorable mention or winning and getting published in the One anthology? of my problems is where somebody has, a, especially with a really long story, short story, they decide that they're going to gradually work you into the world and gradually introduce you to the characters. I want to be hooked from the beginning. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean line one, although that's possible. A friend of mine uh, wrote a short story that began with the lines, my brother is missing, but I have an alibi this time. Bang, there's your narrative hook. Yeah, you usually, need, usually you need to own. catch my eyeballs and hold on to them uh, and then introduce me to your world. You need to have some sort of action that provokes me to continue to want to read. Yeah, I, I, I feel that the first paragraph sets up the tone and maybe even the outcome of the story. Uh, and, and if you're not working on it, if, if you're making me work to get into your story, there are other stories out there that, don't, that, that hook me, as Jody says. Originality is another thing, too, that I know that Dave Farland looks for, is it can be a, a, 
a common trope, but it's got to be original, whatever you're doing on it. He's not interested in the same old fairy tale told again. Yeah, I would not write about a young boy going to a wizarding school. <laughs> it's sort of been done. Well, although other- as, as, a, as a pragmatic thing, just a, a pet falls that I see um, are easily fixable, that their manuscripts full of typos and grammatical errors. Yeah. You can fix that. Don't do that. Because if I see two typos in paragraph one, I don't go to paragraph two. You're an amateur. I don't want to read it. So you need to make sure that it's clean and professional before you um, turn it in and have a good hook and go from that. The less work that an editor has to do, the more they'll like you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much right. for attending the, uh, the workshop, and thank you, panelists. Thank you. Um, if you're aspiring writers, please do go to the writersofthefeature.com website, enter the contest. You've got nothing to lose and everything to gain. Thank you.